let's pray today and let, let God minister to you and, and pray for Pastor Tom. Lord, stretch forth your hand. Lord, thank you for your anointing today. I pray for our, our, the friends that are here today, this family that's come together to hear from heaven, to minister to you. I thank you, Father, for uh, demonstration. Not, uh, not enticing words of man's wisdom, but, but demonstration of your power that their faith should not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. So the title for my message today, and I'd like to put on the CD, is Contending for God's Goodness. Contending for God's Goodness. I remember way back when, uh, several decades ago, uh, we had a special meeting when we were back at uh, Wicks Boulevard with Sister Gloria Copeland, Billy Brem, and Lynn Hammond. And they did, I believe it was close to a week-long meeting about the glory of the Lord. And it was uh, contending for the glory, contending for the glory of the Lord. And that struck my heart and has impressed me, and I believe it has impressed our church many, many decades later. And uh, so uh, one of the scriptures that I'd like to start out with today, and you'll see by way of introduction where we're headed, Isaiah 60 says this in the New King James Version. I'd like to read it in... uh, Uh, in the New King James. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and His glory will be seen upon you. Glory can be seen. And the Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. I particularly like this in the Amplified Version where it says, Arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. I am just as impassioned today about the glory of God as I was back then. As a young man, I'm just a few years older. Don't ask me how much. But we're just a little bit older, right, Pastor Nancy? Just a little bit. I'm just as impassioned to see the glory of the Lord. And the message of God's glory being manifest is as relevant today, if not more, back then. Now, a golden text that I recall was being used back in that seminar was the encounter between God and Moses. And I'd like us to take a little look at that because it'll set us on our course for our, for our time today. Exodus 33. I love this passage of Scripture. And I'm going to let the Word speak for itself in the New King James Version. Notice what it says. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and uh, I have also found grace 
in my sight. Uh, now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider this nation that this is your people. Now we get into the thick of it. And he said, this is God saying, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. I believe that the following verse was ministered to us with such power and such presence that it set the course for the future of our church. Uh, I so love our pastors because they determined to have this church to be a presence-based church. There are no gimmicks at Heart of the Bay. There's no magic rugs or magic water or magic wands. We're not into trying to do a gimmick to get people to see God. We are presence-based. And, and he said, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Listen carefully. Then he said to him, This is Moses speaking to God, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except that you go with us? And so we shall be separate, and your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. Listen carefully in verse 17. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And he said, this is Moses saying, please show me your glory. And then he said, pay attention class, in verse 19, I will make all my what? Moses asked for glory and God responded with goodness. Let that sink in just a little bit. We're talking about contending for the goodness of God. So when God, when, when God responded to Moses' request, Lord, show me your glory. We sing songs about the glory all the time in this church. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Right? Is that, is that right, church? Or am I making things up? So he responded by saying this, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion and so forth. So what I am seeing here, and I believe that the Lord will allow me to take this liberty. It seems to me that God's goodness is a major, if not primary component of God's glory. So when you see scriptures for today's purposes, when you see scriptures about, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you, and the glory will be seen upon you, you can almost say, and the goodness of the Lord has risen upon you. And the goodness of the Lord will be seen upon you. Is that too much of a stretch for somebody in the house? Or can you see that the way I saw it? It resonates in my heart. Oh, I worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Goodness is a primary component of the kingdom. So much so that it appears that I can describe the kingdom of God as the kingdom of good. Does that make sense or have I stretched you a, a little too far? Notice some of this. 
Notice that the Lord is good. Psalm 34 verse 8. Let's just talk. And, and in this case, when I say the word good for the next few moments, I want somebody to shout hallelujah or praise God or something for just a couple seconds. And just to make an impression on you how important goodness is in the kingdom of God or in the kingdom of good. Psalms 34 8. Let's see. Let's try this on for size. The Lord is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Psalm 107.1. Try this on for size. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Jeremiah 29.11. God thinks good thoughts towards you. James 1 and 17 says, Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. I'm just going to do a little barrage here. You just keep shouting the victory, friends. Matthew 4.23, Jesus proclaimed the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease among the people. Matthew 7.11, good father is the good father that gives good gifts to those that ask him. He's still giving good gifts today. Luke 12, 32, God, it's God's or the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. John 10, 14, Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd who lays his life down for the sheep. In Romans 1, 16, in the Amplified, the NLT and others, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the good news of Christ. Hallelujah. In Romans 10, 17, in the NLT, it says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the good news about Christ. In Romans 2, 4, it says, Goodness of God leads men to repentance. Are we getting somewhere, friends? Romans 8, 28, God that works all things for good to those that love Him. In Romans 8, 28, and are called according to his purpose. In Psalms 107, 8, God satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Ephesians 2, 10, in the New King James, for we are created in Christ Jesus for good works. Philippians 2 and 13 says, it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Hallelujah! Let's take a praise break. Take a praise break. Hallelujah. In Genesis 12, 2, in the Amplified Edition, where he describes something for Abraham, I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you with abundant increase of favors, and make your name famous and distinguished, and you will be a blessing dispensing good to others. Hallelujah. So, listen, friends, you cannot get away from God's goodness. You'd have to either be misinformed or dishonest to see that everything about God is good. Everything related to God is good. I'm going to get a little closer here. So the question is, Pastor Tom, with all this goodness at our disposal, thank you. Now we, we could stop shouting. I think you got the point. I got you to wake up this morning. So with all this goodness 
at our disposal, is it, it's a, it is a fair, it's fair to ask, is it possible to increase or impede the flow of God's goodness today? Is it possible? The Bible talks about how the Israelites, they limited the Holy One of Israel. Is that right? Emphatically, yes. I'm going to share with you a number of keys for contending for the goodness of God. Do we need to see the goodness of God in the land of the living? You believe it. You better believe it. Look at what it says in Jeremiah 29, 11. And the first point that we're going to look at is in order for us to see the goodness of God in our life and for people to see it and the goodness to rest upon it and to have all these kings and, and nations come to us and see the glory or the goodness on us, we need to cooperate with the goodness. You've got to invite His goodness. You've got to appreciate His goodness. You've got to draw from His goodness. So look at number one is follow His plan. Not your plan. Look at what it says in Jeremiah 29, 11. I like the living, the, the TLB, the, the living Bible. I just, you could put the NLT up there if you don't have the living. God's plan for your good. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for what? Good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. We've got to believe that. I'm not asking you to deny the difficulties that you're in. Some of us are in horrific difficulties, but we've got to put the word first. If we're ever going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living, we have got to believe. David put it this way. We'll cover this later in part of the equation. He says, I would have fainted, except I would have believed to see. If you don't believe, you won't see it. We've got to believe. Anyway, let's getting a little ahead of myself. So, so God has good plans for us. You cannot ignore God's plan for your life and have a good life and see the goodness of God resting on you. Does that make sense? I love this Ephesians 1.11 For in him we also were made God's heritage portion and we obtained an inheritance for we had been foreordained chosen and appointed beforehand in accordance with his purpose not yours his purpose who works out everything in agreement and in the counsel and design of his own will or his own plan. If you are not in the plan of God, you are at risk of not seeing the goodness of God as much as the Christian that's walking fully in the plan of God for their lives. I'm just saying, I'm trying to maximize God's goodness in your life. Ephesians 2.10. Pastor's been doing a series on who you are, who you are in Him, and some things that you have in Christ. Listen to this Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified. For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. That we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared. You do not have to make your own way. He already prepared them for you. You don't have to go around kicking doors down and clawing your way up the corporate ladder. He already made the plan and made a way for you before you were born. 
Can God do that? Oh, yes, he can. And oh, yes, he did. So living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Now, notice what it says in Proverbs 16.20 in the Amplified Version. Find, you could find good by heeding. Listen carefully. He, verse 20 of uh, Proverbs 16. He who deals wisely and heeds God's word and counsel shall find good. You want to find good? Heed counsel and heed the word of God. You will find good and whoever leans on, listen carefully, leans on, trusts in, and is confident in the Lord, happy, blessed, and fortunate is he. Now we're going to unwrap something for the next few minutes about where your trust is. Where your trust is. Is that... The next, the next point. So the first point was follow his plan. Don't follow your plan. Follow his plan. The next thing is trust in God, not you, not man, not the bank, not your job, not other people. Trust in him. Look what it says in Jeremiah seventeen five through eight. Again in the New King James. Thus saith the Lord. Whoa, hard words. Everybody ready for this? Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes. When you're doing your own thing, trusting in yourself, I'm a self-made man, I feel bad for you then. If you're not trusting in the Lord, you will not be able to see when good is even coming. It'll pass you by. There's a little hymn, Oh Lord, don't pass me by, don't pass me by. Well, if we just pay a little attention and trust in the Lord, you will not get passed up. Notice it says, For he shall be like the shrub in the desert, the person that uh, is trusting in man or in himself. And it says that he shall not even see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in salt land, which is not inhabited. But notice what it says here, but blessed. Somebody say blessed. Blessed Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, in whose hope the Lord is, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters. That's you, that's me, right? which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear uh, when heat comes, when the heat is on. There's no worries here. We know who and we're trusting, amen? But his leaf will be green and it will not and will not be anxious in the year of drought nor will cease from yielding fruit. Hallelujah. Second component of seeing the goodness of God. We must trust in God. So here's a common scripture, Psalms 20, verse 7 through 8. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, some in doctors, some in, you fill in the blank, (laughs) some in realtors. But we will remember, what? The name of the Lord our God. They have bowed bowed down and, and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. 
And I think I quoted this one in the opening prayer in, in 1 Corinthians 2 verses 4 through 6. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. There you go again. Stop relying on men. I think I'll say that again. Stop relying on men. Stop relying on the government. Stop relying on it. Stop relying on mom. Stop relying on husband. Stop relying on your wife to doing all the praying. Come on. Stop it. But your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are Perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, for the princes of this world that come to naught. Amen, somebody. Here's another step for us to make sure that we are surrounded and are able to see, experience, and dispense the goodness of God. Remember, the goodness of God is like the glory of God. And people shouldn't have to squint. Is that the glory? Did, did, did the glory happen yet? You should be... You should be a neon sign. God here, right up in here. That's it right there. God's right up in here. Goodness all over the place. That we should be a neon sign for the goodness of God. And it says, and then they'll come from darkness into light because of your neon sign. God is good. It's the goodness of God that's going to lead them to repentance. Not your complaining. Not your condemnation. Hello. Just thought I'd help us out a little bit this morning. Wow. Where were we, friends? Okay, here's the next point. We need to... Here's a thought. I'm going to try to get through these. <laughs> Listen, if, this, if we don't get through everything, it's all right. We'll pick up some other time. There is a requirement of every person that is going to experience the goodness of God in their life to do something. Amen. I, 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 this is so trite. Forgive me for using this, but it's not going to fall on you like ripe cherries off the proverbial tree. It's just not going to happen. Especially not today with so much wickedness around us and so much curse around us. Remember, the people around you, they're not seeing anything good. Nothing looked good. I said nothing looks good around them. So these are some points. We've got to believe, pray, praise, and talk up and do God's goodness. This is part of the prerequisite. Let's look at Psalms 27, 13. The psalmist David said this, and I quoted this earlier. I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We must exercise faith to see the goodness of God. Uh, there's no other way around it. You've got to, you've got to deny the evidence that's the false evidence and fear. What is that? False evidence appearing real. Somewhere you've got to make up your mind. I don't care what I'm seeing. I don't care what I'm feeling. I'm going to take the words that God gave me and he's a good God. He's got a good covenant for me and I've got to see something happen in my life today. I'm going to see the goodness of God today, today. Listen to this. You've got to believe to see. We already read Psalms 27, 13. Uh, but here's a couple other little variations. I'm certain that I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. The Passion Translation. Yet I totally trust you to rescue me one more time so that I can see 
once again how good you are while I'm still alive. I know there's blessing in the afterlife. I know that's wonderful. But we need the goodness of God right now. Right here. In our life. I mean, I'm going to shout like the rest of them when we get to glory. When we get to heaven, we're going to shout the victory. But in the meantime, we've got to start shouting the victory right here. If you don't start shouting the victory here, you may disqualify yourself from actually seeing the goodness of God. Notice this in the message translation. I'm sure now I'll see God's goodness in the exuberant earth. Stay with God. Take heart. Don't quit. I'll say it again. Stay with God. Stay with the goodness of God. Now here's another one. You've got to watch your mouth and do right. And uh, so Psalms 34 verses 12 and 14. I hope this isn't going too fast for you. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many what kind of days? Friends, if we want to see good days, this is what we've got to do. We're supposed to keep our tongue from evil and our lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. I love the sister scripture in the Amplified, which let me take you to 1 Peter. Will you go with me, please, to 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10 through 17. This is so good. And we have just a little bit of time. For let him who wants to enjoy life and see good days. Can I just be honest about it? Many of us here today, can I be honest about it? Our days don't look that great. Come on, let's be honest, friends. There's some things about our life today that that's quite difficult. There's some things about our life today that appears very dark. We can hear the devil saying, there is no help for him in God. There's no help. You're stuck. But I have news for you. Look, let's, let's continue today because God wants to help you. I'm, all, oh, I'm only on page five. Okay, that's fine. First Peter 3.10, 3.10 through 17. For let him who wants to enjoy life. First of all, you have to want to enjoy life. Make up your mind that you are going to enjoy life starting today. Regardless of what's happening in your life, make up your mind that you are going to enjoy life starting now. Today is your day of starting to enjoy life. Listen, if you want to see good days, notice this, whether apparent or not. See, sometimes you can't see the ram coming up the other side of the hill. All you know is that you're putting your life on the altar for God. And that you want to serve Him. And that you have this collection bill due tomorrow. And your account says $5. (laughs) That's all you can see. That's all you can see here. But that's why it says, whether apparent or not. You're never going to get to the goodness. Or I should put it this way. We will get to the goodness of God a lot sooner and in greater dimension if we watch our mouth and we don't speak treacherously and we continue to speak good whether apparent or not. Listen, keep your tongue 
free from evil and his lips from guile, treachery and deceit. Let him turn away from wickedness and shun it. Let him do right. There's that do it right again. And let him search for peace. Listen to this. Peace is so important, friends. I don't know which part of this This is a little shotgun here because it's a lot of information. But stay with me. Whatever you need, grab it. Who's going to grab it? Just grab something. Search for peace. God works through peace. Not through agitation and fear. Not through coercion. He works through peace. He is the Prince of Peace. He's promised you shalom, shalom, which is peace. You're not going to get that by worrying. Listen carefully. So what about this peace? Harmony, undisturbedness from fears, agitating passions, and moral conflicts. And it says, and seek it eagerly. Do not merely desire peaceful relations with God, with your fellow man and yourself, but pursue and go after them. There are three dimensions of areas of peace that are very clear here. You're going to have to study this out. May God help me in about 30 seconds delineate this. Yes, we need to have peace with God. But it seems fairly obvious that we've got to work out peace with one another. If you're not at peace with someone, you've got to deal with it. You've got to humble yourself. You've got to forgive. You've got to do your best as much as you can to live peaceably with all men. But there is another dimension that I really love about this scripture. You've got to be at peace with yourself. You've got to get to the place of peace with yourself. You've got to not feel like disappointed and have regret. You've got to come to Him understanding who you are, that you are blood-bought. You can't come to Him with a bunch of mistakes that you may have made. Besides this, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not condemned. Is that right? So where were we? Uh, So we were talking about that scripture in... uh, That's right, in Peter. Do not merely desire the peaceful relations. You have to get after it. You have to pursue them and go after them. And it goes on to say, For the eyes of the Lord upon the righteous, those who are upright and right standing with God. His ears are attentive to their prayer. You've got to believe that when you set yourself to pray, that God is actually going to hear you and do something. The next point is, you've got to pray goodness. Uh, so let's see what I'm going to do here. I love what, uh, I'll just paraphrase some of this. I love what uh, uh, Janet Brzee brought to us. He says, is, is any among you from James chapter 5 and verse 13, is any among you afflicted, let him pray. And we all, all often, I never even thought about it, but she clarified that's not necessarily for sickness. Because later is the sickness part. He's, she, he describes, is any of you sick? Let him call for the elder of the church, anoint him with oil. And, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. He's done any, any, uh, any sins will be forgiven him and he'll be raised up and that sort of thing. So this is, is anybody in trouble? I just really like that. Are you troubled? Are you, are you vexed in your soul? Notice what it says here. Some things of what she said. Are you having a hard time? Are you having a time? We've got to learn how to pray. Get a prayer life. You can't see the goodness of God in the land of your life if you don't develop that prayer life. Okay, let me try to close this. There are some things that you know and I know shouldn't be. 
There's some tie lines that we are frustrated. We feel like, you know, this should have changed a long time ago. Why isn't this changing? And I feel I'm going to do something in the future about that. But part of the equation for that is that we've got to pray. Learn how to pray. Go back. Wonderful series on prayer. Grab those series. Listen to them. There are so many types of prayer. But primarily, let me focus on praying in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, let's see what I can do. Thank you, Father. Prayer. I'll just paraphrase because we're running out of time. And that is, you've got to learn, if you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, it's a real good time to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because you don't know how to pray as you ought. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession with you. He meets your supplication and He helps you. You don't know how to pray. There's some things you just don't know what to say. It's such a mess. It's so frustrating. It's gone on so long, you don't even know what to say. But the Holy Ghost does. That's what we pray in the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. But then... Uh, there's other things like supplication. Bring your supplication before the Lord. Specific requests. Great training in this church about how to pray. It's no longer, it's not just optional. You buy a car and then, you know, the moon roof and did you want the accessory here? Did you want the, did you want the auxiliary in or do you want the Bluetooth or do you want the, 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 the directional navigator? These are options on a car. But one thing that is not optional on a car, listen carefully to, is whether you're going to have wheels. That's not, it's not even a question. If you're going to go buy a car, you're not getting very fur without wheels. You got to have wheels. I'm just saying. And prayer, particularly in this hour, is not just an add-on Option to your life. Prayer, and oh my gosh, I'm going to get into this maybe the next time when I get to talk to you. I am so fired up about prayer. I'm so fired up about prayer. Praying for you, praying for our pastors, praying for this church, praying for our nation. Uh, This church is filled and infused with a spirit of prayer. Declaring those things that be not as though they were. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Mysteries. And then he, he lets you in on it. And I'm going to share something with you. Okay, I could end somewhat with that. One of the things that you will not see that will hinder you from seeing the overwhelming goodness of God in your life is if you forget to put your praise on. Amen. You've got to put your praise on. I love the song that one one person uh, uh, wrote and has performed wonderfully and it's, it's, you got to put a praise on it. Give me the hardest situation you've got. Give me the most difficult, the most frustrating where you feel trapped and that's the very one you've got to put a praise on it. And you do it by faith. 
Notice what it says in Psalms 50 verse 23. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. And to him that orders his conversation aright. Will I show the salvation of God? Or will I show the goodness of God? You got to put a praise about your kids. You got to put a praise about your bills. You got to put a praise about your ministry. You got to put a praise about your future. You got to put a praise about your church. You got to put a praise on it about your nation. You got to put a praise about those of you that are younger. You got to put a praise on it regarding your mom and dad. Yeah, I said it. And parents, you got to put a praise on it regarding your kids. You want things to improve? Put a stinking praise on it, somebody. Hallelujah. Notice what he says in Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 17 through 19. Though the fig tree does not blossom and there is no fruit on the vine, though the product of the olive fails and the fields yield no food, and though the flock is cut off from the fold and there's no cattle in the stalls, that is a sad, sad situation. Yet... I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the victorious God of my salvation. Listen carefully. The Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery, my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk, not stand still in terror, but to walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering, or responsibility. Hallelujah. You having a hard time? Things are tough at home? I get it. Put a praise on it, somebody. Get yourself a hallelujah hallway like Pastor Mark does. Bills come and due, money. You run out of money before you run out of mouth. Put a praise on it. Get happy when you minister to the Lord. Now I'm going to tell you something that I got in the spirit when I was praying a, a while ago. I'd say about a month and a half ago. The word while I was praying, and this is how I pray in the Spirit. Maybe it'll help you for me to share. I have chosen, ever since Andy Osakwe came, I have chosen to pray in the Holy Ghost and not drive the narrative. In other words, I don't try to make a list. I don't know what list to even make. I don't try to find scripture. I don't know what scriptures are needed. I wake up first thing in the morning. I'm going to put my timer on and I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost and I'm listening what's going to come out of my mouth. Listen carefully. It's not my mind driving this thing. It's my spirit by the Holy... My spirit by the Holy Spirit is praying. And I'm listening to see what's going to come out. You know what came out one day? The word impasse. I was praying in the Holy Ghost and the word impasse came out. It said, Lord, did you want me to look that up? Let me tell you what the word impasse says. Because it describes many of our situations. Listen carefully. A situation in which no progress can be made. No advancement is possible. A dead end, a deadlock, a stalemate, a standstill, a block. Ooh, got mighty quiet in here. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. No further progress is possible. Let me tell you something. In Jude 20, I want to answer to that with Jude 20. But you, beloved... Build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith. Make progress. Rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Ghost. 
How important is praying in the Holy Ghost? Very. How important is it praying in the Holy Ghost? Very. How important is it praying in the Holy Ghost? Thank you. Hallelujah. Now, I don't want to make light of this, but I want you to know something. Many of us in this room need an absolute breakthrough. And I'm about to close, but what do you mean a breakthrough? A breakthrough is an act or an instance of removing or surpassing an obstruction or restriction by overcoming that stalemate. Significant or sudden advance, development or achievement, an increase that removes the barriers, a major achievement or success that uh, that allows for further progress, an act of overcoming or penetrating an obstacle or a restriction. We've got to take the chains off of some situations. We've got some family situations that have got to have breakthrough. We've got some situations in our bodies that we need breakthrough in them. We need situations in our neighborhood that needs breakthrough. We've got situations in our, in our nation that need a breakthrough. Significant development. Hallelujah. We need a boost. I like what pastor preached earlier. We need to move the ball forward. Heart of the Bay, we've got to move the ball forward so the goodness of God could have free play. Free play, not just in church, in your life. Hallelujah. So I want to I close with a scripture. Will you let me close with a scripture here? Gosh, I, I just feel like I'm going to go to Proverbs 13, 12. I might take two scriptures, and I need you to put that up there in the Message Bible. Proverbs 13, 12. And I want to thank God for our friends in high places. Thank you so much for blessing us. Listen to this. Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick. But a sudden... Somebody say sudden. Good. Somebody say good. Break. What can it do? It can turn life around. We've got to take the pink elephant out of the room. I'm going to get right down where you are. Friends, we need breakthroughs. Let's not sidestep it. Let's not ignore it. We need breakthroughs in our health. Breakthroughs in our finances. Breakthroughs. Breakthroughs in our church. We need breakthroughs for our community. Let's read that again. Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick. But a sudden, sudden, good break can turn life around I want you to know that God is still in the business of breaking through and of course the story of breakthrough comes from 2 Samuel 5.20 I can't get into that right now but basically he, uh, David acknowledged God as the God of breaking through and we're, we're not talking about barely winning the game how many have been to that 14-inning baseball game where the, everybody in that bat boy was sent to pitch and it, it was just a stalemate and it was tied and then some technicality, they called the game and said, okay, so-and-so won by a technical a technicality because they didn't touch that base or whatever. That's not the kind of victory that you were born to live. We were born to have an overwhelming victory. 
The Bible, my, I don't know how your Bible says. My, my version of the Bible says that Jesus made a spoiled principalities and made a show of them openly, stripped them. It was a, can I say it in church? Yeah, slaughter. He slaughtered them. You know, to such a degree that you start feeling bad for the losing team. I mean, anybody ever played sports and the, and the poor opposing team, you know, the score is 37 to nothing and we finally feel sorry for them, let them score something, just whatever. So that's, so the, 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 the scores 37 to 1. We let them score one run just because you don't want to stop the game in the sixth inning in Little League. Just call it a technical win. No, listen. This is not a bare victory or, or like, is that a breakthrough? I think. Is that a breakthrough? I don't know. It kind of is, is that, is that? You will not have to wonder if God broke through. When God breaks through, not only will you know it, everybody's going to know it that God broke through. So I'm going to close with this. Stand to your feet, everybody. Psalms 126 in the Message Bible. It seemed like a dream, too good to be true, when the Lord returned Zion's exile. Or I like what the other version says, when the Lord turned our captivity. We laughed. We sang. We couldn't believe our good fortune. We were the talk of the nations. God was wonderful to them. God is wonderful to us. We are one happy people. And now God, do it again. Bring rains to our drought-stricken lives so that those who planted their crops in despair, read it with me, will shout hoorahs at the harvest so that those who went off with heavy hearts, what are they going to do? Will come home laughing with armloads of blessings. You are, you are destined for the glory of God. Heart of the Bay, you are destined for the goodness of God. Sorrow and mourning is supposed to flee away from you. So what do you say we put a praise on it? What do you say we talk it? We pray it. We believe it. We receive it. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the goodness of God in the land of the living. Lord, irrespective of the difficult circumstances that many of your children here are facing and those listening, Lord, via uh, electronic means after the fact, Lord God, we thank you that you indeed are the God of the breakthrough. And Lord, we know that a sudden good breakthrough, Lord, turns life around. We're thanking you, Lord, for turnaround.